Isn't it always fun to remember that it isn't our place to judge others? To be reminded that Jesus asks us to withhold our own judgment for it is secondary or even tertiary to God's. I struggle with this almost every day. The shadow side of our best qualities are often those that we struggle with the most. I have a very strong sense of justice, of right and wrong, and I'm really proud of my ability to be discerning and open-minded, and yet, I have a hard time withholding judgment if I perceive any sort of injustice, greed, unkindness, or lack of respect. Now, unsurprisingly, I have a hard time withholding judgment against myself when I mess up. Now, I've known this about myself for a long time. And self-knowledge doesn't necessarily give me the license to be as judgmental as I want and shrug it off as some funny character quirk. But it does allow me to offer myself grace as I try to do better. Because Jesus is right. If I go around and try to uproot all of the weeds, I'll damage the harvest. One of my best qualities is also intermingled with one I'm not proud of. But to deny one is to harm the other. If I try to pass judgment and selectively decide who is, worth to be, who is worth it to be righteous, I damage everyone, including myself. It is simply not my job to do this type of reaping. All of us are a little bit weedy and a little bit weedy. The good and the bad grow together in us. So how on earth are we supposed to know where we stand when harvest time comes? Paul says that we should wait with patience and hope, not with anxiety or fear like this parable might suggest. As I prepare to leave you all and move to a new call, the new parish, I have been thinking about what vision of God, of the Bible, of the world, of Jesus, of the Spirit that I have presented to you in my preaching. I'm sure it has morphed and changed, and I've certainly improved, but I think one of the most important things that I want to leave you with is the plea to honor the complexity of yourself and of others and embrace the parts of you that you would rather hide, the parts of you that shine. I believe that honoring our complexity is the key to a more empathetic world and a kinder community. And it might not be as hard as we think it is. For our church encourages such thinking when it comes to the Bible. The way that we can learn to approach scripture gives us good practice to exercise such discernment. Today's parable is a great example in and of itself. 
weeping and gnashing of teeth and the burning of hellfire is difficult language for us, especially in an Episcopal church in which the theology of our worship and our biblical interpretation tends to avoid extremist language about what happens when we stand in judgment of God. We as Episcopalians and Anglicans are not necessarily a fire and brimstone tradition, right? And so how do we approach scripture when it says something that makes us squirm? One of my professors from seminary, Dr. Kathy Grebe, she recently gave a lecture at St. Asaph's Cathedral in the UK to address the question, the New Testament, what's in it for today's Anglicans? Now she has a remarkable ability to approach scripture with honesty and integrity in both loving and questioning what it offers. This is an ability I admire very much. I was very lucky to learn New Testament from her in seminary. I strive to emulate it. Now she has a law degree, and I think she would make a remarkable judge for what it's worth uh, on this Sunday we talk about judgment. But here's what she has to say about these difficult teachings. About the New Testament, she writes, there are attitudes about women, about children, about marriage, about divorce, about sexuality, about eternal torment, about rewards, about faith required for healing, about lots of things that when we read them, sometimes we think we hear a voice saying, but that's wrong. That can't be the word of God. And we should listen to that voice. That also may be the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, think. Think about what you are reading. Test the spirits is the biblical way of saying that. Because not every spirit is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes a good thing that is pushed to an extreme becomes a bad thing. That's how we get crusades and colonialism. The food for the soul, the wheat, and the challenging bits, the weeds, grow together in a collection of books that has been food for both the greatest justice movements in history and food for some of the most horrific violence humanity has witnessed. Not every spirit is the Holy Spirit. Dr. Grebe's words echo Christ's here. Not every sower of every seed sows for good. Some sow for evil. Some overplant, overwater, or try to choke good growth by crowding out vegetation with invasive vines. Now, while judgment should be left for God, the discernment and awareness of this complex soil we live in is a task for us, if not the task for us. I suppose I want to highlight the paradox and complexity of both of scripture to toe the soil, if you will, so that we can honor what is inside of us. Not only when we read something that sounds ugly, messy, or even wrong in the Bible, we should also hear a voice telling us to stop and think 
whenever someone does something that we want to judge. Perhaps we are correct to judge. Perhaps we're right, vindicated, vindicated, correct, aligned with God's expectations of us. Perhaps we are not, but in order to wait and hope, like Paul says, we have to think. We have to discern. We have to recognize that everything important contains beautiful things and ugly things, and sometimes it is hard to tell which is which. We cannot ever live without sin. To think that we can is heresy. Augustine and Pelagius argued over this in no fewer than thousands and thousands of pages. We are not able to pick out the weeds among the wheat in our own selves, at least not without uprooting what is good, too. Not only would trying to be completely sinless undermine the power of the cross and of Jesus' saving act, but it also risks making us into gods or chipping away at the people we are, good and bad. We are not meant to be flawless machines. We are meant to be messy, made of wheat and weeds and dirt and dust and big love. All of the things that you love about yourself can have shadows. All of the things that you dislike about yourself can have big beaming lights that shine out the other side. We are not defined by the worst or best parts of ourselves. We are defined by our ability to think, to feel, and to explore the fertile middle ground between those two things, which is our ability to discern. If something as awesome and mighty and God-given as scripture can be worthy of our best thinking, so too can something as awesome and mighty and as God-given as human beings. other human beings and ourselves, we are worthy of our best thinking and our kindest instincts because we are very complicated. God loves you, full stop, weeds and all. In the name of God.